What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Doing all right tonight, Graham. Things are a little bleak. Yeah. But you know how bleak things are right now? I kind of have an idea. I've had a dream like twice now over the last week that's just coming to me as we're uh, starting this podcast. I keep dream- dreaming about Turner Field. Like a legitimate can, can dream you, about Turner Field. Can you share the um, the first dream you had about Turner Field? No. <laughs> Damn it. I really want to hear it. I think that's something. That so I, I keep having so I forgot, I even that. forgot about that one. Oh, that dream's so great. That's probably the greatest dream ever. But this one was just me like walking into Turner Field and like. In all its glory. Yeah, just being excited to be at Turner Field. What do you think my obsession with Turner Field is? I think it has a significant hold on your, your childhood and uh, your connection to the Atlanta Braves baseball team. And I think that you miss going to games there. And I, I think that it is deep in your subconscious, even though you're at peace with SunTrust Park, you still know that no matter how many bars they put outside, that it will never fill the hole in your heart that Turner Field has left. Well, here's the thing. Like, and we've had this discussion before. Mm. I can literally hop on a MARTA bus and make my way to Turner Field now. Oh, yeah. So I feel like I, if I missed out on an opportunity by living where I do now, because as children... We weren't that close to Turner Field. There, pro- there probably wouldn't have been much of a difference if the Braves played in SunTrust Park. Yeah. But now I, I damn drive past Turner Field every day. Yeah. And it's nothing. Right. Well, I remember something. But Well, I, I spent the first six years of my life in Grant Park during the Super Glory years, and I remember we'd walk up to Turner, Fulton County Stadium at the time, um, and it was just like it's a really easy walk. If you drove up there, it took 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? It was uh, it was nice. Yeah, we did miss out on something, and it's not too bad to get to Mercedes Benz or State Farm from where we are. But um, that's true. You still have to do Marta. You couldn't just like like we could literally ride bikes, walk up to to Dan Turner. So what you're saying is that I need to appreciate the fact that the Falcons and Braves are still. I could still do that exact same thing with them for the Falcons and Hawks. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes, Falcons and yeah. Hawks. Yeah, you need to appreciate that. Maybe start having dream. You know, maybe put that in your subconscious, and maybe you'll have dreams about watching a winning football team again someday. Well, I, I did. I did look up tickets to uh, see who Georgia State's got coming up. Ooh. Nobody of interest. Sure, but uh, Alcorn is that, State is that the winning football team you're referring to? Um, they got a winning record. Right? Yeah, pretty yeah. Good this year. That's what I was saying. I mean, like it's 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 it, dreams become reality sometimes. I think we should start covering college sports now. I mean, we've been doing this strictly Atlanta professional sports thing, and it kind of limits us during times like this. When it's peak college football season? Yeah, and it's just a horrible state of affairs. Oh, sure. With, uh, what's it called? I mean, Georgia State's not doing that bad. They're, they're doing pretty good. You got to, you know, I know they have, don't have the best history, it's, but it's still a young, uh, the, the iteration of this. This iteration of Georgia State football is, 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 is nascent. Come on now. They do have the 10th largest um, projector out, outside a uh, digital screen. What do you call sure. these things, Graham? Uh, it's, a, it's pretty much a television screen. Yeah, it's a screen. Screen? Yeah. In all of college football. Wow. So uh, they, they got a lot going for them. That's pretty exciting. Sure. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't do the college sports thing. Okay. I don't. I don't. 
Well, let's stick to what we know best, Graham. <sighs> yeah. And um, mm. you mind if I start us? Please. I'll just sit over here and nurse my bourbon. So I was listening to our episode uh, today, you know, just catching up in the world of Atlanta sports. And sure. that was a very dated episode that we put out. I can't remember the last one. This, this is like, it's like being... It was just last week. Well, I know, but it's like being permanently, you know, on a bender or something. You just don't... It's it's so hard to talk about anything right now. with The Falcons just leaving that void in my in my heart that... Uh, it's just I can't even remember what the fuck's going on in my my own life. It's it's, it's detrimentally affecting my my sense of self and and, and all that shit. Well, I'll catch, what did we talk about? I'll catch you and the users up last week on Atlanta Zone. Oh, everything's looking great for the Hawks right now, man. Yeah, like two and oh, hell yeah. Oh shit, Trey Young got hurt. Very sad. And then. Felt pretty good about the United. Yeah, you know, you know, home team, but uh, Toronto's good. But I'm pretty confident United's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> that was you, and Hugo had a bone to pick with you about that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I, I'm the cause of, of of losing to Toronto. I feel like you've just thrown at this point. Just embrace the jinx, Graham. Well, you you did that. say that about the Lady United. All right, fine. And what happened, Graham? They lost, but that has nothing to do with me. So, anyways, so we recorded that episode on Tuesday. And Wednesday brought on another very dark day in Atlanta sports. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it was because it was, we were at uh, Corner Tavern in Little Five watching uh, the United game. This was the Eastern Conference Finals mm. against Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, a game that I don't think anyone thought it was going to be a cakewalk, but at home, you expect to win that game. Sure. Uh, United go up 1 nothing in the first. One nil, excuse me. Yeah, come on. In in the first three minutes, and then um, around the ten minute spot on the clock, you got Joseph Martinez with a penalty kick that like it doesn't look possible that he could miss from that distance. And sure enough, he does. Like, and if if they go up two nothing, two nil, two nil. Sorry, two nil. Um, that could be ball game. Mm. But it's just a completely different game. Only down one goal versus two. And um, sure enough, the United ended up being true to Atlanta and blew it. So I see that happen, and there's just general aura of depression that, like, Atlanta depression stink in the air. Very familiar with that. And then I get to watch the Washington Nationals win a World Series Uh, about an hour later. Yeah. Um,. It wasn't great, Graham. Well, the thing that blew my mind about the World Series, yeah, it was a dark night in Atlanta history for sure. Well, uh, the the thing that blew my mind about that series was that AJ Hinch sort of uh, resuscitated the Freddie Gonzalez argument. Uh, he had his best pitcher warming up in the bullpen, and Garrett Cole, just like the Braves did in the 2013 Dodgers series with Craig Kimbrell. Um, Greenkey's pitching a good game, and then he decides not to. You know, he brings in their the equivalency of uh, the equivalent of Luke Jackson into the game. I can't remember the guy's name, um, but you know he's he's their version of Luke Jackson instead of going to Garrett Cole, and it's just absolutely mind blowing that anyone would do that. It's easy to sit here playing armchair quarterback, but sometimes you just gotta wonder, like, what the fuck are these guys thinking? Sometimes it's like that seems just very cut and dry what you should do right there. You have the best pitcher in baseball, literally, and, and Garrett Cole. And you and got game seven, right? Game seven. You got and no... He no. was 
no relatively rested. Yeah, no coming back from that. That you know, I tell you what, Dave Roberts managed a hell of a fucking postseason. He was just, you know throughout the entire Dave every, Roberts. What were the fucking Nationals coaches? Davey Martinez. Davey Martinez. Sorry. Hell of a... A guy who we thought was getting fired at the beginning of yeah, the season. Yeah, hell of a job. You know, Patrick Corbin go out there and throw four innings of relief. Strasburg go out. Scherzer, it doesn't matter. He's using his best guys to do whatever he can to win the fucking game. Yeah, you game. must have loved that shit, seeing a bullpen utilized like that, or the starting yeah, pitchers. do what you got to do to win. Fuck rolls. Like, like be ready, if, you know, when your number's called. It was. It was. But it sucks to see the Nationals win. Oh, it's the worst. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. I've really enjoyed just having this whole. They've never won. Never even won a playoff series. A playoff series. Well, at least we got the '95 no, World we won Series. Tons of you guys haven't won anything in yeah, the we won history tons of, of your franchise. Series. Now we got nothing on them. Yeah, we're even one to one in terms of championships, and they have most recent bragging rights. So yeah. That's why winning the division doesn't mean dick. And they were if you so don't do close to losing the wild card game too. They should have lost. They the should have lost game. that outside of the bloop Ryan Zimmerman hit and that terrible error that right fielder made in that wild card game. You know, could be having a very different discussion on who the World Series champion is. Um, the baseball playoffs were well. The first, the wild card games were fun, and the first round was fun until we were eliminated. Sure, that was good times. Yeah, it was, it was fun. We don't get to enjoy the postseason, though, Adam. Yeah, I, could, I mean, I didn't. I don't think I watched any of the championship series. Watched a little bit of the World Series, but I couldn't get all in. No, there's just no way to do it. Especially if, you, like, if the Braves aren't in it at all, like in the rebuilding years, I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch a That's little true. bit of playoff That's baseball. True. But if they, when they ever they lose in the first round, I'm like I can't watch this shit. Yeah, it's just too hard. And you want to talk Braves real quick since we're already talking about baseball a little bit. Uh, yeah, I have something else to recap from Go the ahead. episode. Yep. Um, it jumps in a different sport. You don't have to get too far into it. But you might be the number one Matt Ryan fan in Atlanta. Everybody should like Matt Ryan. You should, but I, I was just listening to, you remember our argument last week? No, as I said, Adam, I'm on, a, I'm on a bender till December. I don't remember anything. I made the statement that it looked like Shabby got rid of the ball. Oh yeah, quicker. That was some fuck. That was yeah. That pissed me off. I remember that now. I don't. It's just making an observation, but it's not insinuating anything except that Shabby seemed to get rid of the ball quicker because he had more time to throw. Because the Seahawks' offensive defensive line is not very good. You put Matt Schaub in that fucking Rams game, he can't do dick. He throws for twenty yards. No, but if he has more time to throw, that doesn't matter because he was getting rid of the ball quick. He didn't need more time to throw because he was getting rid of it quick. Okay, great. That also comes down to a whole host of other issues. The Seahawks' defense isn't very good. That could come down to the receivers getting open. It come down to the, you know, there are a myriad of factors to it. You have to consider behind he's just getting rid of the ball faster. The Rams have a much better defense than Seattle. Can't make an observation. You can make an observation, but you got to think about what comprises that observation. What happens under the hood? What is this like? Political talk now? You no, got, I'm just you, saying you, you got to check you, all your sources. Make it's sure not it's not a, a source. They're a dot org and not a dot com. Football is the most team oriented sport in all of the sports, to me. Uh, basketball. No, more so than basketball. One guy can take over. In football, you need the whole team working. Baseball, somebody can hit a home run. Someone can pitch a no-hitter. Like, you got to have everything working. And, okay, 
he didn't throw any fucking touchdowns. Matt throws three touchdowns every game. There's an observation for you. Everyone can go screw themselves with that observation. Everyone is just like me and somebody at work yeah. that mentioned it. But if y'all can <laughs> screw each other, then I don't know. Uh, Braves. Los Bravos. Make uh, some big-time moves, Adam, over the week. We got we were signed Nick Marcakis, America's hero, and uh, <laughs> postseason extraordinaire, and Tyler Flowers, who can't catch a baseball to save his ass, even though he plays the position of catcher, to one-year contracts, I believe, comprising a total of $10 million devoted to those two guys. Four for Nick, six for Flowers. Okay. Uh, those are the big moves the Braves have made so far. Well, I think the bigger move is their non-move. They didn't offer Julio Tehran. I can applaud that one. His $12 million option. So, um, yeah, I know you're going to make a big deal out of this, but, I mean, Flowers is a veteran catcher. You say you can't catch the ball, but he's known around the league as one of the best pitch framers. He also had, like, you know how many. I mean, I, we, we, I'm not saying I don't know how many. I think it was, like, a month stretch that something was off with him. He can't. But I think we're So just, many pass balls. Anyways. He's a hopefully going to be a backup catcher. Yeah. Like, I do we, not we, have no, we have no catchers no, on the roster we have right no, now. Okay. So I'm fine. If, you, he's your, if he's your backup catcher and he catches twice a week, so be it. He's got a little bit of pop in his bat. I'd rather him as a backup catcher versus, I don't know, Corky Miller. Uh, sure. I just don't know why the hell we didn't keep Kurt Suzuki over Flowers. It blows my mind. On August 28th of last year, 2018, uh, the Braves agreed to an extension with catcher Tyler Flowers. He'll receive a $6 million guarantee, including a $4 million salary for 2019 and a $2 million buyout for a 2020 option that will cost $6 million of ex- exercise. So he did receive an extension into next year, which was this year, if you follow. Sure. So when we did that, to me, at that time, that meant that we were committed to Flowers over Suzuki, even though Suzuki was the superior offensive catcher and um, okay. comparable defensively. You're right. And he actually, I mean, he didn't get paid that much. With Washington, it was a two-year deal worth $10 million. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't, from what I saw on the field, I don't know why we made that, that decision person. Maybe he had a better report of the pitchers, who knows. But I would have rather had Kurt Suzuki this year. Uh, than Tyler, considering his defensive woes and offensive frustrations he endured this season. I mean, whatever. We need a catcher. Fine. Speaking Nick, of Suzuki, how strange is that shit with him and Trump? Yeah, like Trump felt him up. Um, <laughs> What's going on there? I, I don't know. I think he was just really excited that a. Uh, I think I think Donald was really excited that a sports figure um, embraced him, <laughs> yeah. and so he was like, "I got to get all I can out of this," and decided to. Feel his breasts for some reason. Grope, grope. Yes. Uh, maybe try to bean dip him. Maybe, but I mean, but when you try to bean dip, you have a very yeah. Um, it's not a hold. It's just a you're, you're you're holding your fingers in a specific way yeah, and you yeah. go up and down. You get in and out. Right. You get in and out. This was like a full groping of the breast. Right. Both breasts. It was almost like he was trying to reach into his chest and rip out his heart or something. I mean, it was like I am getting in there and I'm holding on. Yeah, Kurt Suzuki is pretty much like the last guy I expected to. See is like the number one trending name on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, "The shit's going on here." Like, I feel like he just like Donald groping him, just at least quadrupled the number of people that even know who Kurt Suzuki, Suzuki are. <laughs> who we are as a singular? Oh, 
Who he is. Who he is, yes. Sorry. No, that was great. <laughs> Tried to form some words there, Junior. Indeed. Uh, but, uh, they made my day. <laughs> I had a lot of grammatical issues today, too, when I was writing, uh, doing something at work, so I, I, I relate. I didn't even catch that. I thought you had paused because like, you had said the exact same thing at the same time as me. No. No. Who he are. Anyways. Um, but, yeah. yeah Flowers is our guy. Yeah, Flowers is our guy. Uh, Nick Markakis... On the other hand, I we can talk about the veteran stuff and that he's a solid hitter, but overall, he doesn't offer you a lot. It's a continual postseason choker. And there are talks that he would platoon in left field, and that was discussed with him when he signed the, the deal. But considering our manager of the year doesn't like to rest anybody, and he loves Marcakis in the five-hole, I don't see anything changing. Here's the honestly. deal, though. Our manager of the year is also a big Adam Duvall guy. I don't want Duvall the whole season, Adam. You know that he's not a full season kind of guy. That's why he's platooning. I don't want that. Like that's your that's what you're doing. If that's what you're doing, like throw next season into the fire. We're another. We win the division again and lose in the first round to some fucking loser team. We should should beat. Like that's what that's what happens if if we do that. Well, I can tell the way this is going for you, Graham. Oh, I, I don't like it, man. Move we, on. You have to see. What does he offer? Who Marquez? Other than the stuff we already know about. Other than good clubhouse presence, decent hitter, shitty postseason player. More than .5 war. What is, that's, that's what he's going to give you at best. Marquez? Maybe one war. I don't know, man. Like, make a trade for, for some team who's out of contention for a good corner outfielder. Better yet, why can't we see what Pache and Waters are going to do? Why can't we do the thing with Devin Marquez last year if we absolutely have to and bring him back a little later in the game? Pache and Waters did not perform in AAA in their time there. They're not ready yet. That's they didn't, the, but that's, they, that's the problem. You don't start the season with them. There's you, also there's also hope, winter leagues. And you, seeing you, how hope, they do there. you hope to do what you did with Austin Riley this year, where you came up in May and raked. Yeah, maybe. But Ho- hopefully that. If you have Marquez on your bench, that's another story. That's, that's great. That's, 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 that's fine. what they're open for. But I hope to God Graham, we're not going to do every day left fielder. I'm not going to let you do the thing where you freak out about the Braves roster when no moves have been made in the oh, World if, Series if, ended if, if a you week can, ago. I, I know. I'm just saying, if you can accept that, then 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 if anyone accepts that as like if, if that's what happens, right? If if he is the the starter in left field, then we've just admitted as an organization that we can't. We He's don't. He's not the win. starter. They told him you're going to be a platoon player. Alex Anthopoulos told us that. You know, no one, no one was going to play like 100, over 150 games this year. Where'd that go? Josh Donaldson playing 157 games. Camargo and Cole burned out in the postseason. There were a lot of injuries. Grant. There were. There was some depth issues, and you know, you got to consider all that shit. It's just, I don't, I don't have a very positive outlook until I see. Because the offseason hasn't started, you don't know what the roster is. I don't know what the roster is, but I also know that this, the mindset of the organization. Isn't changing, and that's very frustrating. And the fact you that we can't are say that till the off season happens. Okay, so we go out and get Madison Bumgarner, and you're going to be thrilled about that about a guy who's clearly on the decline, who's going to want 150 million dollars probably on a five year deal because it's the last chance he'll ever get to cash in. Hey, you're making up numbers. Before the show, I told you what he was projected to make. So one guy said that. You know what I heard? I heard 150 million from other guys. So who the fuck really knows? You know who even came out with this thing? All right. For those of you who missed it, a story came out a couple days ago that the Braves are supposedly making a push for Madison Bumgarner. He's their priority. You know who came up with that? 
I heard source, Mark, Mark Bowman said something. It, it was sources within the MLB. Ooh. Exactly. That it, there's, it probably didn't even come from the organization. Have the Braves ever leaked what their plans are for any of the moves they've ever made? No. No. I just hear that. And it's a much to do me. about nothing. I don't know. I'm like, if you, I want to spend that much money on somebody, I want to get someone else. That and like, and why do we have to prioritize pitching when we supposedly have all these studs? Why can't we go out and improve our offense? Um, or I, I don't know. It's just like if we have this great pitching depth, then why do we have to keep going out there and get veterans? Why can't we say Max Fried, Soroka, it's your time. Go do it. How you can fill out the rest of the rotation? Who's in the rotation now? You got Fulty, Fried, Soroka. Tamron um, and Keuchel, who aren't going to be on the team, probably. Fuck that. Uh, it would just be it would just be getting a, another version of Keuchel. It would be getting a guy who's three years past his prime for a hell of a lot more than this. I, I have a name for you, Graham. Hey. Cole Hamels. He, he is willing to, he said today, he's willing to go to a team that is ready to contend on a one-year deal. I would. That's got us written all over. I would take an. I would potentially take a flyer on that. Let let him really, be a mentor for Max Fried, and then have Max Fried just be a sure. stud. He really burned out near the end of the season. He started off well and then really burned out for the Cubs. He's one of the reasons they didn't make the postseason. But um, but if he wants to go like one year, eight million, a one year flyer. That I mean, that's fine. I think it'd be more than eight million or ten, whatever. You know, I mean, he's still. Capable enough, but that's our guy, and I, I mentioned to you as well. But I want uh, like like where's Ian Anderson? Is he going to factor into the the rotation? Eventually, probably. I why are you so? Why are you crying? Am I crying? You sound very sad. I am sad. I don't know what like signing Nick Marquez just is like the equivalent of waving the white flag to me. Like I I like Marquez. He's just not what we need. To to you need depth in an organization. If it's a right? bench thing, that's fine. But I just know with Snitker. He's going to start and play 140 games, 150 games, and sh- shit the bet again in the playoffs and burn out. Like Arcakis plays 150 games this year. That's a $50 bet between me and you. I really are you, are take, you willing to put I your really money where your depression is? I really want to take that. $50. I want If Arcakis plays over 150 games. Over 150 well, 150 games? or more. Say say 143. Nope, 100, 145. 150. I'm not, I'm not taking it. I've 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 lost. That's the number you just said. No, maybe I don't. I'm not as confident in my bullshit. Uh-huh. As okay, but it's just it just feels like that's where we're going. And like you said, it is like a week into the off season, so it's like I, I can't get too upset. But it's I still have a very bad aftertaste in this postseason, particularly seeing the Nationals, a team we beat the shit out of all season, win the fucking World Series because their manager knew what to do. And utilize his talent correctly. And they got really lucky multiple times. And you need some of that in the playoffs. But I cannot, when I, I read about the games or I watch some of the games, I cannot, um, I cannot discredit any of his moves. He made the right moves all the time. And you're not ever going to get that, really. But like in terms of how he utilized his, his, his pitching staff and how he utilized his bullpen, it was an absolute masterstroke. Things went their way as well. And they also beat a team that on paper is better than them. And the Astros. Which point, Graham? That is just, it's just frustrating that we beat this team all year and then they win the World Series. Yeah. Like, I can't accept this first round fuck ups anymore from this organization and the way they do business. I really can't accept it anymore. It's well, really driving me nuts. Well, quit. I'm not going to quit because I love the Braves. But I, I will voice my opinion 
in terms of my displeasure with with the way the postseason was handled this year again. Sure. No one is 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 uh, no one no one is blocked from criticism. So you're just gonna be a crotchety bastard all year until we prove and, that we can we do win. things and differently. You bet your fucking ass I will uh, be because let me tell you fun. something, man. Like everyone burned out. So every single offseason move you're gonna be pissed off about. Depends on what's done. Well, we 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 win a series, you're gonna be pissed off about it. We win another series, you're gonna be pissed Talk off. Fuck that, no, dude. We win we won a division series. Not a division, but a division series. I'll go running naked. No, I'm just talking about like throughout the regular season. When we win, you're going to be pissed. Oh, I'm 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 in the phase right now, kind of where I was near the end of the 14 year division run, where I'm like, I don't give a shit about the the the. I understand that, but what fun like. You're not going to be fun to talk to. I'll tell you that much. Are you not going to get any joy out of watching games? Oh, oh, sure. I just, I just know that like this little thing that's always in the back of my mind with the Braves. I quelled this year pretty well in terms of like I was really excited. I had a lot of hope, um, but then it was just, it's just like the same thing. No matter what, it's like you get the playoffs, you shit the bed, and it's just so front. It doesn't matter who the coaches, it doesn't matter who the players are. It's just like what fucking happens. And it's really frustrating. So, I like, in order not to get my spirit broken, I am going to at least emotionally reserve myself a little bit because it's too fucking painful. That's sports, man. I know, but it's like you get your hopes up, you get crushed, you pick yourself up, dust yourself. Do it all up. over again. But you, but but so you, you're not critical at all of anything the Braves do. Not their first two offseason moves. I'm talking more about the organization at large right now. Uh, no, I like the direction they're headed. I think we have a great future. Okay. I think we do, too. I just hope that, you know, when, I mean, when push comes to shove, that we make the right decisions. When push comes to shove, we lost this postseason series because our best player was hurt and didn't perform. That's one reason. What about... If Freddie Freeman is Freddie Freeman... Probably win. We win the series, and that's that. Who come... Who, you know, but you have that, but you also have... You didn't utilize your best pitcher more than once in the series. That's a fucking huge mistake. That's that's another... Who's to say we get a hit, a big hit to win the game, though, even if Soroka's in? I'm just saying, Soroka... You, you what, we utilize two, your two best pitcher. Game five? You utilize your best pitcher as many times as yeah, you can. We, in a, we, we know, we know your stance. Series. We know your stance, Graham. It's it's the right stance. I, I refute anyone to tell me differently. You can't say that we win the series if you can't definitively say you, we win the you series. You put yourself in a better position to win the series mathematically because you are using your best pitcher more than one time. But in, in reality, if Freddie Freeman came through, we win the series. In reality, if Freddie Freeman, that, that's the thing that pisses me off the most, is that even with all the bullshit moves in the bullpen, or not using Soroka, or Freddie being hurt, we were still one catch away of Freddie making that catch of winning the series, pretty much, on Yachty Molina. Yeah, or him coming through with the bases loaded. Or any anyone yeah. coming through the bases loaded. It's not just Freddie. Everyone fucked up. Donaldson and Marcakis were shit. They were awful. And I wonder now, also with the rumors of making Donaldson a priority, I love Donaldson, I like to bring him back, but you also have to ask yourself, are we at the point of diminishing returns with Josh Donaldson, where we got the best we are going to get out of him at this stage in his career, and that giving him a multi-year extension could be uh, potentially be a misfire given his age and, and, and recent injury history, even though he was very durable this year and had an outstanding season. But do you are you willing to make a major investment to the tune of two to three years, thirty million dollars a year? 
at least. Do we need to do like an icebreaker or some sort of fun game with you, Graham? This is a serious question for the future of this organization. As a mid-market team with a fucking crotchety piece of shit ownership group that won't spend a lot of money on the team, we only have room to make one or two big moves a year, if that. And so it's a very huge decision for a cheap-ass ownership group to, to say, are we going to go get Donaldson or not? That's a major decision. That has ramifications that could resonate for years. Because if Donaldson becomes an albatross, that's going to suck. They're not going to bring him back for more than a two-year deal. Okay. He's. I, I don't foresee do you, us. Do you want to make the move? I don't want us to overspend on him. So what's your I limit in go. terms of what you would be willing to... Uh... Me, I'd go like three years, $25 million a year. What if it was 30? I think, no. Okay. No, that's fine. We'll I'll... figure it out somewhere else, but yeah. I, I, they're not going to... There's nothing in Anthopolis's history, recent history with the Braves, to suggest that he's going to overspend on an aging player. Right, and I think that's. I saw some good. some crazy stats about um, like Pujols when he oh his big deal with the the Ast- uh, Angels. Well, like yeah, like his age, thirty four season he had like a four or five WAR, mm-hmm. and then age thirty five it was like minus one, mm-hmm. and it's gone hill. It's just a precipitous drop off. Yeah, and it, it's pretty across the board. I mean, you get your random, like, Chipper Jones who can be performed until 40, but he also didn't play over, like, 125, 130 games right. in, in years. Yeah, and his uh, last, like, truly great season was probably the 2008 year as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I love I love Donaldson. Um, I think – Mike Moustakis is a guy that's out there as well. He, he might had be, a he, great season for the Brewers. He keeps having great seasons. He might be a guy that maybe we could get him on a one or two year deal is he as a well. Free agent? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, he's out there. Yeah, there's definitely some interesting options that Anthopolis has, and I'm I'm also willing to really interested in seeing if he's willing to dip into the prospect pool a little bit and try to make a big move for a corner outfielder, um, or potentially third base, just just to see. I don't know. Like, how close are Pache and Waters? Are they, re- you know, I think that's another thing you have to consider when you're when you're thinking about corner outfield. Because um, you could do the Duval Marquez thing. Maybe it works for a minute. I don't know, but that can't be how you want to live that entire season. Oh no! I mean, our outfield is bleak right now. Ender's the other option out there, unless Riley proves himself again. Which yeah, and then what do you do with Austin Riley? It's a very interesting. Scenario. I mean, if Austin Riley can continue, like if if he's back. I'm fine with him in left field. Yeah, he plays. Duval, I mean, Duval and Marcakis in right field, but yeah, I think their end goal, they want Acuna to be our right fielder. Yeah, and I think he plays better in, in right field than he does in, in center. It's also less stress on his body, and even though I know he's, he's not like he's an old man at all, but you want to preserve him as much as you can um, for sure. So, and, I mean, you got to see the, the grander picture here, Junior, because what you want – and we could be less than a year away from, but I don't think we're there in April, and you don't want to stunt these kids' development. Sure. But we're looking at Acuna in right, yeah. Pache in center, mm-hmm. Waters in left, which and could be beautiful. It could be, and Riley so could be a third. Think of Marquecas more as a stopgap, and Duvall as a stopgap, or two great veterans off the bench if these kids are ready. Sure. But I sense that the organization 
has a better understanding of it, if they're ready or not than Angry Graham. I agree. I agree that they would probably know better than I would. But it just it's tough not to know from a fan standpoint and just like if we roll in and Marcakis is the starter it's just it's like you you don't want to like you don't want to spend 80 million on a BJ Upton though and then handcuff no, your future. No. But so, if the right guy came along, patience is necessary. Yeah, but I also want to win because this team is talented enough to win. That's why I'm upset. Is because we have the talent to to make it happen. Do you think we would have won the World Series if we got past the Cardinals? You think we'd take down the Astros this year? On paper, no. But I think that it would have been great for the the growth of 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 the players, and uh, I think that would have been really really nice for them. And regardless, I mean, I just think. Like, this city just really just wants this team to do so well. I mean, the Braves were supported more this year than they've been in probably since Chipper retired. Uh, or or the, the, the up, up, and a hey year. We actually had a good team, even though Upton and Ugly sucked. So, I mean, like, this city is, is, is hungry. It's, it wants it. It's pulling hard for this team. Television numbers are up. Radio numbers are up. Attendance at the stadium is up. We're ready to win now, and I know the organization wants to win as well. So I just, I just want to see something to indicate that they really want to fucking win. And re-signing Nick Marquez doesn't say that to me, even though I know that's not the end-all, be-all move to be made in this offseason. It's just my initial reaction because I have PTSD from all the shit that's happened with the Braves. It's pretty, it's, it's just, and maybe that's irrational, but it's hard when you've been dealing with it for thirty years. I'm going to go ahead and pencil in a um, therapy session for the podcast next week. That's probably good. I see that it's <laughs> – I didn't realize it was so needed. I know you've been saying you're sad. I can tell you were sad on the phone yesterday when we talked about the Hawks a little bit. Um, yeah, it's necessary, Graham. These are major overreactions for November <laughs> November, 7th. November 7th. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, baseball. Pitchers and catchers don't report for another four months. You know what the saddest part is? We haven't talked about the Falcons yet. Which I don't really have. There's not much to say. No. Um, good brave segment though. A lot more. Um, a lot more there than I anticipated. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you want to move to the Falcons? Let's talk Falcons. <laughs> uh, Big news this week, Graham. What's that? Raheem Morris is moved from. Was he a wide receivers coach for some reason, and now he's the secondary coach? Well, I think he comes from defense. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, also makes sense because our defense has been atrocious, and Dan Quinn's supposedly in charge of the defense, and he needs more help. Shake something up. You know what was funny is, like, I heard Quinn, which I don't think we talked about, but was reported, and he mentioned it as well. It's not just hearsay that he started delegating play-calling tasks to others at times <laughs> during the Cardinals game, I believe. Yeah. It's just like, man, this thing is in such shambles. Um, so, yeah, Raheem Morris moves. I know some other moves were made, some coaches shuffling around. So there's a rumor that I, I heard on Athletic that Arthur Blank is considering making a move if uh, Dan Quinn doesn't show something this week, either a win or just, like, for the love of God, compete kind of thing, which, you know, once again, I'm totally fine with. And we know we're going to get our butts kicked by the Saints. I mean, Vegas has got us at 12 and a half right now, 12 and a half underdogs. 
and the Saints are playing amazing football. Drew Brees came back last week and had a tremendous game, like he hadn't missed any time. Uh, even if Alvin Kamara doesn't play, which I know he's a little banged up, Latavius Murray's been outstanding for him in his stead. Michael Thomas is having an amazing year. Their defense is tremendous. Um, there's virtually zero chance of us beating the Saints, even with Matt Ryan potentially coming back this week. Tell me more about this uh, athletic article. So really, it's it's not really a, a story I misspoke, but it's just a lot of uh, analysts and reporters, including Schultz, that have a story or anything, but recently suggested that if uh, the Falcons uh, get slaughtered, as they're so uh, liable to do these days, uh, Arthur will move on from Quinn. Just because like, it's like, you know, you've made your... your you're shuffling of your coaches over the bye week, and you're, you know, you've had time to really prepare more so than you normally do. So it's like if you get killed again, what's the point of just beating your head into the wall for the rest of the season, kind of thing? Put the rabid, not even a rabid dog, it's just like a, a dog with hips displaced out of its misery. So basically, that article is similar to the Madison Bumgarner rumors. Yes. So who knows if that happens? I'm sure when we lose 45 to seven, or I don't even say 17. 45 to 7 on on Sunday, it'll be uh, more of the same. I don't see that happening, though, for some reason. If there's one time for this team to get up for a game and actually play like they give a shit in the first half, and I'm not saying they don't, but it looks like they don't, it would be this time. I saw saw videos of them at practice Mm -hmm. today, and I feel like they were doing shit they wouldn't normally do. Like they were like hitting the shit out of each other in practice. Good. Uh, And they were like running these drills where like, it was Shawby and I think the other kickers laying on the ground, like just like right next to each other, and the whole team was like running through them and just like trying to not step on them and then hitting the fuck out of someone afterwards. I like it. So I feel like they're some one of those coaches is like an actual angry guy, the old school style coach that we need. I hope so. I don't think it's Dan Quinn. No, Dan Quinn's kumbaya. Maybe this is Raheem Morris. He, he seems like a nice guy, too, though. Yeah, that's the problem. Is that like we talked about last week, uh, there are no angry assholes on this team. Yeah. There's no one with an edge. But, uh, yeah, you're right. If, if, if there's any time they're going to show up, this is it. Yeah, against your biggest rival at their house, your back is literally not at the wall. You're inside the wall. Uh, I, I want to see just loose football out there. Just go out there and pretend like, you know, devil, devil may care attitude. Just don't give a shit. Like, give a shit, but don't. It's, it's hard to describe, but it's just like, don't worry as much about schematics and stuff. Just go play your fucking game. Know your role. Know what you have to do, but just... There's no pressure. There's really no pressure anymore. You're fucked. Just go out there and, and play your ass off and, and, and do not look like you're hungover, for the love of God. I'm just so tired of being crushed in the first half, trying to come back in the second half, but it's too little too late. It's like... Something's got to give here where we have one fucking week where we don't look like absolute horseshit in the first half. Yeah. Maybe the Saints will overlook us. Maybe that's the thing they'll do now. That'd be great. We're one of the worst teams in the league. Yes. And you know what's depressing is that the Dolphins finally won a game. So we're literally on the same level as the Dolphins, a team that started out the season pretty much openly stating they were rebuilding. Right. I haven't heard much on Matt Ryan. He's practicing, so he's gonna play, right? He's probably gonna play. Yeah. Um, like I said, the Saints are firing all cylinders. We're not, but rivalry games, anything can happen. Uh, like eight and twenty Carolina team, North Carolina team, one time took like number one Duke basketball to double overtime. They lost, but they you know played their asses off. So 
Whatever, man. Uh, what do you think, uh, Young Ho Koo? It's a 49 yard field goal with no time on the clock to win the game. That'd be great. I'd be, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you really want to get a good draft pick at this point. You can't cheer for that. Though. No, you can't. It's it's hard just to watch a game and just be thinking lose the whole time, especially against those asshole Saints. Like I would love if we won this game. Like, you and I both know Sunday morning we're going to text text each other. Want to watch the game together? We have to do it. Well, I won't be here. Oh, uh, I'll be out of town, oh, so I right. won't be able to. But I'll be watching with you in spirit. I will be watching. <laughs> I'm going to watch it on the little TV upstairs. Oh, yeah, do it. That's yeah. where the Falcons play the best, like yeah. we said. Um, yeah, I'll be I'll be watching. You got to. Yeah. Any thoughts on the Hawks at the moment? I guess we should kick off with uh, the big news and that John Collins has been suspended 25 games. We are two games into that suspension for uh, human growth hormone from a cream he was wearing or putting into his body or whatever, uh, and supposedly that he had no knowledge of the substance entering his body and that he used something he didn't know what was in it. Uh, it's an excuse we've heard from dozens and dozens of players over the years across multiple sports. And I've got to think that take the moral stuff out of it. I kind of think that it's a, that's a bullshit thing and, it's like you gotta you gotta know with how strict these leagues are about doping and stuff. What what, what you're putting in your body, you gotta be super careful and diligent about that because that could really fuck you. And not and not only and not even fuck you, but it fucks your team and it fucks you financially because he's he just lost seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. So uh, yeah, without pay, suspended without pay. So and he misses about a third of the basketball season for a team that is trying to get in the playoffs to prove to potential free agents down the road that this is a on-the-rise organization and your second-best player just potentially tank the season. Yeah, it's a classic kick in all of our collective Atlanta sports nuts. How much more of this can we take? Like, we got good news in that Trey Young was okay. Trey Young was okay. He only missed... Like a game and a half, technically. Yeah. We had off days. Yeah, and he and he played brilliantly in 30 minutes in that victory against the Spurs. Uh, had a rough first half, but really got going the second half and helped win the game against a you know decent team out west. So yeah, as soon as we find out Trey Young's back the next day, John Collins suspended 25 games. And I mean, I think he genuinely didn't know what he was doing, but also just ask. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's too much of a risk not to be a hundred percent, like two hundred percent sure on that shit. Although, in fairness, so Clemson had the same thing happen to them. Uh, a couple of their players uh, last year before the national championship game, where they got drug tested, and the same thing. But they had asked their training staff, mm-hmm. and their training staff Let approved it. Yeah, and then it was found to be an illegal substance. So well, you never know. It's kind of some weird shit sometimes. Sure, but it. Sure sounds like John Collins didn't ask anybody. No, no. And uh, that's a huge blow to the team. Good news is, you know, Jabari Parker played well in his stead against the Spurs. I didn't watch the Bulls game, but we got our asses kicked by 20 points, so I'll let you uh, talk about that one. Yeah, you can certainly, I mean, this team, it just doesn't have the depth right now that we had last year. Um, like I said, lose, losing Torian Prince, like that's kind of overlooked, but... He was a veteran player that would be stepping in right now. Sure. No problem. And Jabari does look good. 
But, uh, I mean, the injuries are to all our role players just mounting up as well. Like, uh, Evan Turner's been out. Yeah. We have no point guard behind Trey Young. Pretty much Bimbry and Reddish. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I mean, Bembry has looked really solid. And that one guy, as his name, I forget, Wallace. Wallace? Who the hell's Wallace? He's a guy who comes in and plays like eight minutes Three. a game, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was ugly last night against the Bulls. They got off to about a 15-point lead. Bulls did. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in the first quarter, and there was just no coming back. Trey Young had one of his worst games I've ever seen him had. He ended up with seven points. Both the rookies were atrocious. Oh, Hunter and uh, Reddish. Reddish, yeah. yeah. It was it was bad. And uh, you're gonna have nights like that. And this team goes as Trey goes. I mean, when when we witness that move he put on Lamarcus Aldridge in the Spurs game, where he crossed him over about three times, and then did a no look pass to Bimbry, cutting to the basket. I mean, the nights when that's happening, maybe not like not necessarily that move, but you know when he takes command of the game, Hawks can run with. I'm not saying anybody, but they can they can compete. Uh, when he has a bad game, an off night, we simply cannot. And so it really, especially with John being out, there is no margin for error. You're going to get your butt kicked if Trey's not playing well. Yeah, no, they're 100% about Trey. You're absolutely right there. Um, I mean, I think Herder's going to get going, but he hasn't. he's been a shell of himself so far. I don't think he's, you know, he didn't really play in the preseason, right? So, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, I think this is his preseason. He, he, had, he, had, he had moments. We're relying way too much on, what, how old is Vince Carter now? 40? Is he 44? I think 42, 41, who knows? I know he's the oldest man to ever play in the NBA now. Yeah. Or no, he's played the most seasons. 22nd season. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he's playing a lot more now with, he has to play more now with, uh, you know, no, the people that would normally be playing like a Chandler Parsons isn't going to play, and with John out, you need you need Vince to play a little more, and he's done admirably, I think, considering where he's at in his career. And and uh, you know, I really did think he he came in there, especially in the last six seven minutes, and helped win that Orlando game with a couple of big shots and and, and actually playing. I know he's a bad defender, but you know he brought a certain level of, of calm to the to the team when he's out there and in leadership, and that's great. But you're right. You can't really rely on him for more than 15, 20 minutes max at night, and even 20 minutes is probably too much for Vince to be playing. Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to only be playing like 10 minutes a night yeah. when we signed him. Um, so really all we can hope for is that we tread water for the next 25 games maybe. Somehow stick around 500. Hopefully, Alan Crabb comes back. Chandler Parson comes back. Gives us a little bit of a spark offensively, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's looked great with Jabari. Him and Trey have they've got something going together. Yeah, uh, you can tell they're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, Bambry, he knows his role and he's great at it. Um, Alex Lynn, garbage. Yeah, absolute garbage. What's going on with him? Um, is he banged up or is he? He, he had a play last night that epitomized his season. He was uh, he got the ball in the post against the Bulls' point guard, and instead of going up strong, he like tried to like draw a foul and like lay it up and missed it. Aye. Like he's got like six or seven inches on this guy. Yeah, he looks he looks pretty awful. So if his three pointer's not falling, it's bad news right now. Well, that's the thing, man. We're, we are definitely missing Deadman. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the other guy along with Torian. Yeah. Right. And and Bays. 
I don't care about Bay's more. But, but Bay's a guy. He's a guy that could drop twenty five points in a pinch. If it, well, I don't know about a pinch, but if things go his way, sure. Uh, he would be useful right now. He would be useful right now. I would agree with that. Um, Cam Reddish at least made some three pointers the other night in the Spurs game. I think three or three from three point range. That was encouraging to see. I still think he's got a lot of offensive potential that not even scratching the surface. We just got to give him time, and it's going to take a minute. And a minute may be a year, but I think he's got a lot of potential. I think the defense overall has been better. You know, we're holding some teams under 100 points. No, it didn't work out for the Bulls, but we held the Spurs under 100 points. Uh, it was really nice to see. Uh, definitely, I just feel like we're, we're challenging a little more. And John, even though he's not the best defender in the, in the world, when he before he was suspended, he was getting, you know, there were time, I think there was one game he had two or three blocks. I mean, like, he, he's getting more blocks. He's being more aggressive in the post. Sometimes there's still too, you know, still too many times when, when guys are really wide open from three-point range or, or folks are able to cut into the basket really quick without really much uh, resistance. But then there are other times really clamp down. And uh, it's, it's a, there's a market improvement on defense for this team so far this year, which I've been pleased with. Yeah, I mean, that, that's Lloyd Pierce's calling card is defense and i think they're yeah. they're buying in at least but uh there's gonna be growing pains graham yeah for sure but uh we'll work through it let's just hope trey yeah if trey goes for seven we're obviously not gonna win any games so we go as trey does yeah for sure well i think that wraps up this episode of atlanta zone it was uh start off a lot of uh a lot of fire a lot of anger it's been a while since we've had an episode where i like I could just feel myself like clenching, like kind of. It's a white knuckle ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I want to hit this guy right now. Sure. I don't understand how he could possibly be so angry about the Braves in November. It's not about the moves as much as it's about like the the subtext. We need a therapy session, Graham. That's, sure. We'll do that. Okay, we'll do that next week. Uh. All right, folks, until next time, thank you for listening. Rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood. Unite and conquer and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality said. Hospitality said.